away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always, right in the middle, shouldn't say right in the middle, but in the early stages of this second round best of seven series between the cross-state rivals, the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. At the time of this recording, here on a Wednesday... The Panthers looking to bounce back from last night's Game 1 loss to Tampa Bay. 4-1 was the score in that one. Game 2, a chance for the Panthers to even the series, will be tomorrow, Thursday night, 7 o'clock. FLA Live Arena in Sunrise is the site of that one before the series shifts to Tampa for the unconventional playoff series back-to-back. Game 3 will be Sunday afternoon at 1.30. Game 4 will be Monday night at 7 o'clock before things get back onto the traditional every-other-day track for this playoff series. But that's where we are right now. Panthers looking to bounce back. We're going to have our thoughts on Game 1. We'll have some thoughts on the rest of the series. We've got some sound following today, Wednesday's practice, uh, coming up here in just a little bit. We'll have the prediction game a little bit later on in the show, so lots to get to. But Jamison Olive kicking this thing off. Panthers Lightning, a series that felt like it was, and I said this on the broadcast, it felt like the Panthers and the Lightning have been on a collision course to meet again in the playoffs since the first installment of Panthers Lightning in the playoffs. The stakes raised a little bit now. This is a second round series instead of a first round series, but I think safe to say, me, you, all of us, we expected to see these two tangle once again at some point. Yeah, like you said, it felt like this was kind of a, a cosmic collision course where these teams were destined to. I think Siri just decided to pipe into the show. She doesn't understand. <laughs> she doesn't understand the question. Well, moving on. Doug. <laughs> if anybody heard that, the technology decided to intervene in the show. Um, yeah, like you said, the, on a collision course um, for each other. And I think we talked about the Panthers kind of on their journey to becoming a great team. First, they had to win that first round, and then they had to go through the Lightning. You have to beat your rival. You have to beat the defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champions to get where you want to go. So To be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo, as the wise man once said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And speaking of Ric Flair, of course, near and dear to our hearts here with fake Ric Flair at FLA Live Arena. But um, for the Panthers, you know, this is the test I think they all wanted. I think they wanted to go through the Lightning. It was, no matter who they would have got, the Lightning or the Leafs, it would have been a really tough series. But I think they wanted the Lightning because they do have that little extra edge against these guys. And I think the most surprising thing to me was in that first game, um, all the nastiness we expected really wasn't there on the surface level. I'm sure there was a lot of chirping going on. There was a little bit of extracurricular after the whistle here and there, but there wasn't the fights. There wasn't the huge, huge hits. There wasn't the real huge altercations that we saw in the round one series last year. And maybe that's because they only played each other once in the last couple months here. Most of their games this season were at the beginning of the year. Maybe it's because it was round two. Obviously, most, mo- both teams being a little bit more responsible. A little more at stake. A little more at stake. You know, you can't play as fast and lose. So maybe that something to do with it but I'm just really interested to see as this series goes on 
if things do eventually boil over and we get to see a bit more of that, or if we're going to have a much more reserved and calm series here than what we saw last year. I think you're always going to have that because you're always in a series going to have two teams that, for lack of a better way to put it, get a little bit tired of each other. And these two teams know plenty about each other and they've got a history together. So I'm sure we're going to see a little bit of that, but it didn't happen in game one. And I think that was, I think there were a couple of factors. I think that right there, Jameson, you hit it on the head. There's a little bit more at stake and you don't want to give either of these teams freebies. And I guess that takes exhibit A would be the special teams battle in game one. Tampa Bay cashed in on some power plays. The Panthers weren't able to, although again, Story of the playoffs so far, Panthers didn't score on the power play, but at the same time, it wasn't as if the power play was totally disjointed. There was zone time, there were looks, there was puck movement. They just weren't able to get one past the uh, the ultimate penalty killer and Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, and we got a couple things to get to on uh, this episode. I think we're going to talk a little bit, obviously, about the power play. Everyone wants us to talk about the power play, just given that you know it's over 21 right now in the playoffs. So we talked about that. We'll have some sound from Brunette and Barkov and, and Duclair on that. But first, I think the one thing I want to get to at the start of the show, is the Panthers' starts in the playoffs. And that's something uh, Andrew Burnett's been harping on a lot. They want better starts. And the weird thing about that first game is, yes, they they took a 1-0 lead. I think they had a really strong first period, but they still took two early penalties, which kind of you know kept them from getting off earlier than maybe they would have liked to. And I think for the Panthers, it seems like every game in the playoffs, they either take a penalty or two or fall behind one nothing in the first period in these games. So the starts still aren't what they need to be for the Panthers, and they're aware of that. And I think if they get better starts, and I think... The last game, regardless of the penalties, I think going up 1-0 and having that kind of energy they had in the first period was a good step. But I think, especially in this series against the Lightning, you don't want to chase the Lightning. So the Panthers are going to have to keep getting off to these good starts. And it starts with penalties and it starts with scoring first. And like you said, we'll get to the power play in a minute. But just your thoughts on the the start so far. First period in Game 1 was the best period for the Panthers against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Going back to the Washington series, I mean, you look at Game 5 as a prime example. The Panthers went down 3-0. The bright side to that in that game against Washington was that when they were down 3 nothing, there was still 16 minutes and change to go in the second period. And the way this Panthers team can score a three-goal lead, uh, that's like being down one for, for a lot of teams when the Panthers are down three. So they were able to bounce back from that. But there have been a couple instances in the playoffs where the Panthers haven't had the start they were looking for. Game one of this series against the Lightning, I thought the opening 20 was the best period that the Panthers had in that game. I thought they had a lot going for them. It got stumbled a little bit out of the gate because they had to go into the penalty kill early. Maybe that disrupted a little bit of the rhythm. It doesn't let you get everybody out there in their their usual uh, in their usual rhythm early in a game. So the Panthers had to go onto the penalty kill early. That obviously uh, prevented them from maybe having the start they wanted. But they had a lead after one. On the flip side of that, though, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I kind of had this thought after one. The way the Panthers played in the first period. After 20 minutes, I'm thinking, you know what? The Lightning probably feel okay being down only one yeah. after that first period because limited the damage. They started to get their footing a little bit. They knew that, hey, when you're the road team going in for game one and the Panthers were just coming off a big win, there's going to be 20,000 people. You're expecting that that home team is going to play a good first period. The Panthers played a good first period. At the end of 20, Tampa Bay's only down one. And there's a trait in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And tell me if you follow me on this one. The Washington Capitals had a very similar trait. And the only explanation is that it's because you have a lot of guys who've been all the way to the end, in some cases, multiple times. Washington won a cup a few years back. Tampa Bay's won the last two. You can tell with the Tampa Bay Lightning, there is a process to the game. They know, there's just a feeling, they know that it's calm. They know they're not going to win the game on one shift. 
Now, probably not going to, you can lose the game on one shift if you're not careful. Probably not going to lose the game on one shift either. They were willing to go out there, get their footing, go into the room down one. They recalibrated a few things, played a really sound game, did a lot of what the Washington Capitals did. You could tell that John Cooper probably paid a lot of attention to the, to the video from that, that first round series because they tried to slow it down. Tampa Bay doesn't have Braden Point. That's a huge dimension for them. They're going to have to play a bit more of a positional, just grind it out game when and you're they missing such an offensive like force. Said. And they were playing 11-7, and seven, which when they won their first cup in the bubble, they did that almost every night. Mm-hmm. So there's not a team in the league that goes 11-7 and seven with more familiarity than the Tampa Bay Lightning do. But they were able to get their footing. And the difference, though, with the – and we saw this become pivotal in game one – the difference between, even if they're playing a similar style, Washington to Tampa Bay, Washington – no matter how well Samsonov or Vanacek before him was playing, they knew that was a question mark. On the other hand, with Tampa Bay, they know they can rely heavily on number 88, and more often than not, he's going to rise to the occasion. And that's why I think the save that Vasilevsky made on Clojureau in the third period when Tampa Bay was only up 2-1, I thought that was the most important play of that game. See, I disagree. I think the most important play of that game was when he made that big save on Sam Bennett in the first that would have put the Panthers up 2-0. Also a big one, correct. Because like you said, I think the Lightning going into the first intermission down one nothing compared to 2-0 is very, very different. So we're on a similar wavelength, though, in yes. that with even though, you know, the, the Kucherov power play goal was a, an all-world shot and it was an all-world pass to set up Corey Perry. And, and I think the goaltender the interference on their was very, very gray. I see. I saw the explanation for those of you that watched. Basically, Sorelli made contact with Bobrovsky's head, but even though Bobrovsky's body was in the blue paint, his head was in the white, out of the blue paint. So since the contact was made there, they're saying that's not goaltender interference. But I think that's gray I want to get to that in a moment, too. Yeah. I, so let's just jump to that real quick, because yeah. I think... I think that in the playoffs, and letter of the law, maybe you're right there, and that's not goaltender interference, but in terms of, I think, what the integrity of the rule should be, I think that was goaltender interference. So here's where I, on this one, the contact, Sorelli was outside the crease when the contact was made. And when I think the precedent that they're trying to set there, and I'm not saying this is what happened there, and and this is, let me preface it with this as well. Night to night, this, since this came into being, has been so much up for interpretation every night. That could have been ruled no goal at, you know, on other nights during the season. The goal ended up standing in game one. The contact was made outside the goal crease. And I'm thinking about it from the other side of things. If that's the Panthers scoring that goal, I would think that was, I wouldn't see goaltender interference. I would think that was a goal. But if it was the Panthers, that, they would have called goaltender interference. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go down that road because everybody's playing with we're the go- same rules and officials. We're going down that road in a little bit. Uh, everybody's playing with the same rules and officials. And over the course of the playoffs, even when it's been inconsistent, it's been consistently inconsistent. And I'm not one to pile on officials. That's I'm not pile my style. On a little bit. Uh, I'd rather they leave the whistles in the room and just don't call anything. I so would that, too. But that's that's me personally. Uh, but I. Again, if that's the Panthers scoring that goal, I don't think it's goalie interference. In that situation, I think what it's ultimately trying to do is say that a goalie can't, and this is what Sergei Bobrovsky was trying to do there, but a goalie, it would be easy for goalies to come out, force getting bumped, maybe create goalie interference. But you could that's tell, not that, you, you could tell you there, there he was not 
trying. That was not the case. I've seen goaltenders that was not throw the themselves into people. There are crafty goalies, just like there are goalies that are really good at kicking the net off the moorings yeah. when they need to get a stoppage. There's there are things like that that happen. And obviously, I'm not bent over that. I I, I but at the same time, I'll tell you this. I 100% agree with Andrew Burnett challenging there because that yes. call is so such a gray area situation. It was late in the game, game one, playoffs, you're in danger of going down two if that goal stands. That's a roll of the dice that you have to throw out there. So I totally agree with the Panthers coaches and the Panthers have, have been challenging that. So good six on five this year that yeah. if they're only down one nothing, they know they can keep it to one. You're in the game. They're in the game. So that that was a great challenge by Brunette. And like I said, very. Uh, I get what they're going for, but I still think that's up for a little bit of interpretation. But Doug, so many different little turning points in that game. But I think the greater kind of umbrella things we'll talk about are. I like the Panthers at five on five. They outchanced them. More scoring chances. More shot attempts. Five on five. It's a it was a 1-1 game, 5-on-5. Yeah. Five five. Totally think, even game. And I think the Panthers, if this game would have stuck more 5-on-5, five five, they easily would have ran away with this one. Unfortunately, it didn't. They gave the Lightning six power plays. The Lightning scored on three of them. I can't even knock the penalty kill too much. That's just a lot of firepower for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Overall, it was pretty good. Yeah, the penalty kill actually had a lot of big kills. Yeah. So, But it's the Lightning. You give them that many chances, that's what's going to happen. That's what happened last year. The, Pan- the Lightning were 40% on the power play against the Panthers in round one last year. They knew that coming in. They knew they can't give them that. Some stick penalties, a couple high sticks, tripping, and they talked about that a lot um, today on Wednesday when we talked to them, just about you know having being smarter with your sticks. But of course, you can only do so much because you still have to keep a certain level of aggressiveness out there. But that's the story of the game is special teams, and I know people will talk about the power play in a second, but it's not just that; it's just also just giving the lightning so many and, opportunities. And every penalty that was called was going to be a penalty, pretty much every time. Mm-hmm. There were there weren't any phantom penalties in that game. So, you know, that's just a situation you knew going in. You were going to have to at least equal Tampa Bay on special teams because both teams are going to get opportunities. You know that going in. There's too much skill, too many guys that are going to have the ability to draw penalties. It's going to happen. And no, only one team in the league actually was better at drawing penalties than the Lightning during the regular season. They drew the second most penalties in the league, and that's because, and Bruno talked about it, they're a veteran team. They've been down the road before. They know how to sell. That's not saying they're they're creating, like you said, phantom penalties, but they know how to make a questionable penalty look like a definite penalty, and that's why they do, you know, get so many power plays is because they do, you know, put on the theatrics. They can sell it, and for the Panthers, that's just another reason why they have to be more careful because if you give them an inch, they're going to take a foot. They're going to they're gonna throw their head, head back and, you know, check for blood and all those things and really sell it, and for the Panthers, they just got to be smart about that. It's going to be tough because it's a physical series it's the playoffs you're going to be in those situations so it really does come down to just giving the lightning less and hoping you can do more yeah I thought going into the series because both teams are so dangerous and you know what this is something you couldn't say a few years ago about anybody but the Panthers have more collective team speed than Tampa Bay there's no doubt about that you go down the lineup even if you're just comparing fourth lines Ryan Lomberg in a straight foot race is going to dust Pat Maroon (laughs) <laughs> and Corey Perry and Pierre Edward Belmont. But they're smart guys. And for what they might lack on the speed side of things, and we saw it in game one, for what they might lack in a speed side of things, they're crafty and they're patient and they're calm and they're able to get things to work. Both of these teams are so good and so dangerous and so deep that you look at the way everything lines up in this series, I think what it's going to come down to, and this could be any playoff series, I'm not breaking any ground here, but you don't want to give freebies to the opposition. Power plays, how efficient are you with your power plays? And 
That battle with the goaltenders. And Sergei Bobrovsky, even despite the loss, was outstanding in that one as well. We yeah. can't forget to mention that. I think Sergei Bobrovsky, we got to bang that drum here a lot because in that first-round series, Carter Verhage got the headlines. But Sergei Bobrovsky was as instrumental as anybody, if not the most instrumental, as far as Panthers are concerned, in winning that playoff series. His consistency gave the team a ton of confidence, even in some situations in that Washington series when there might have been a reason to hang your head a yeah, little he's bit. Yeah, he's been the backbone of this team uh, throughout the playoffs so far. And the reason we hadn't talked about him up until now is because he wasn't really a factor in the end result in that first game against the Lightning because he was really strong back there. The goals he gave up weren't his problem. He, he put the Panthers in a position to win. He played a great game. So um, for Bob, and you look at Vassy, I mean, both guys had really strong games, but the difference... And the end result there was Vassy faced seven high danger shots. Bob faced 14. The Panthers, that shows you, you know, what the uh, the Lightning were able to do on the power play. A ton of high danger looks, specifically on the man advantage. So Bob had a much tougher night and I thought really stood tall and played a great game. So once again, he, he's no, you can't even think about Bob right now in the playoffs. He's consistent. He's fine. He's back there. He's going to give the Panthers a chance to win every night. It's about the other things that are really costing the Cats right now. And moving on to that, I know everyone's tuning in just wanting to hear us talk about the power play because it's all anyone's really talking about right now. And, um, you know, 0 for 18 against Washington, 0 for 3 in Game 1 against the Lightning. Now we're up to 0 for 21, if you're doing your math at home, 18 plus 3. And like you said earlier, Doug, it, they're getting looks. They have – there might not be a team in the league that has more talent on a single unit than the Panthers do, especially when they roll out the 5 forward look. But it's just – something's just not clicking there. And if you look at, you know, the numbers that I dug through – it's not disjointed. We've seen disjointed power No, it's, it's not chickens running around with their heads cut off. I mean, guys know what they should be doing. They're holding the zone pretty much the entire power play most times, that top unit. They're cycling the puck around nicely. It, just really, it really is – and we'll play the sound here in a second, but it really is just – Guys not getting pucks toward the net. The term pucks on net is so overused in hockey and such a cliche, but it's what the game's about. It's getting the puck towards the net. And I think, uh, obviously, if the eye test tells us that. Though we, we can just watch the games and know that. But the numbers also back that up. I mean, right now, the Panthers, 11th in the playoffs, 14 high-danger shot attempts on the power play. That's, like I said, 11th in the playoffs. Let's not forget the Panthers came into the playoffs with a top five power play during the regular season. I think in the second half of the season, they were one or two in the league. Um, they had a great power play for, for a vast majority of the season. All the same guys are still there. You even had a guy like Claude Giroux, who's a great weapon up there. And they're just not getting the pucks towards the net. No, that, that, that shooting mentality just isn't really there right now in the playoffs. And I think one of the things that also stands out about that is you look at a guy like Sam Reinhart, who led this team in power play goals during the regular season, doing so much of his damage right around the net. I, I think he's maybe touched one puck in these last couple games because they're just not getting the puck to him. There's nothing he can do there if they're not getting the puck to him. So I think for the Panthers, it really is just get pucks on net. Send it to Sam Reinhardt, see what he can do. He's done it so many times this year. You've got to try and create second chances. Yep. Because with Andre Vasilevsky, there's nobody in the league better at seeing shots through traffic than Andre Vasilevsky. That's where he makes his money. you got to get low into the pads and create second chances. And just know that first shot is probably not going to be the one that goes in. It's going to be the follow-up. And to make that happen, you got to create follow-ups. Now, in game one, Andre Vasilevsky, this is something goalie coaches across the entire world preach, there weren't rebounds out in front of the net because he was guiding things to the corner. He was guiding things out of play. He was doing what he could to steer pucks to areas where there weren't going to be prime rebound chances. He played a really sound game. You can't take that away from him. He was brilliant in uh, in game one for Tampa Bay. Yeah, so let's quickly, you heard what we had to say. Let's get to, uh, it's going to be Andrew Burnett, Alexander Barkov and Anthony Duclair kind of talking about the Panthers and the power play in the postseason right now. Yeah, and I think that uh, um, obviously a little bit of a, 
identity crisis for us a little bit that uh, we got a little too cute and we got away with it during the regular season. It's a lot harder to get cute. And so it's almost like the work boots have to be back on and has to be simplified and has to be attack, attack. And then once you attack, you break them down. And I think then you can get pretty right now. We want to get pretty, not attack. And uh, so it's a focus again, one of those things you can talk, 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 X and O it to death, but it has to be executed. No, I wouldn't say uh, there's frustration. Obviously, we talk about it. We need we need to score on power play and stuff. But uh, I wouldn't say we're like forcing forcing anything. I uh, know extraordinary or anything like that. We just try to stick with the plan and uh, be maybe maybe be a little more simple than we are. Uh, maybe put more box to the net. Like we we talk about it and we're coming up with the plan and. Uh, we have great guys there on the on the ice. So, but yeah, I, of course, uh, we gotta we gotta score. And when you go on the ice, you gotta score. I think uh, you know you keep shooting. Obviously, we're facing one of the best goaltenders in the league. So, um, you know, we didn't have much success in the last round, but you know, we gotta stick with it. We got so much talent, so much depth uh, on our power play. Um, you know, a lot of guys that can shoot the puck. So um, I think if we keep shooting, keep uh, getting traffic on that, it's going to go in eventually. So you hear from all those guys and a lot of what we were talking about, you know, the talent's there. Just keep shooting. You got to have that shooting mentality. Someone's got to take the shot. Someone's got to, you know, kick off the chaos, if you will. Everything else is pretty. They're moving the puck pretty. They're setting each other up for some pretty shots here and there. But no one's really creating that chaos. No one's setting the puck into the greasy areas, into the danger areas, toward the blue paint, where you're going to actually have to make the lightning work to get the puck out of there. So if they can do that, Sam Reinhardt's going to do his thing. He did it, you know, all year long. And you look at, you know, the guys in the circles. If Anthony Duclair can get that one-timer off, if he's there, it's going to go on net. We saw him bury uh, some really nice ones this year. If Barkov can, you know, thread the puck, you know, down through traffic from the point, um, someone's going to be there to tip it or get a rebound or something like that. So it's going to turn. It's just when is it going to turn and how much time will they have after it does turn because they are too talented. They've proved it too many times before during the regular season that they can do these things. But, the switch has got to flip here at some point. And as the playoffs go on, it gets more and more difficult to win without cashing in on power play. So the Panthers certainly going to want to reverse this trend a little bit. But Jamison, the other thing with the power play, and this kind of gets back to the other point I was making, but you got to get inside that box, if you will. You got to get the puck down near Andre Vasilevsky because we saw some great demonstrations from Tampa Bay in game one of sticks and lanes. They can break up passes. So when you have a chance, if that if if you make a nice pass, rip it down there. They also are very good at blocking shots. We saw that on prime display as well. Some guys that really put their body on the line uh, for the Lightning. So you have to really pick your spots. You got to find those good lanes. But when you find them, you just got to let it rip. And even if it's if it's not that initial shot, it probably won't be the initial shot that scores. It's going to be the follow up try. But in order to get rebound chances, you got to get it down there. Yeah, and my closing thoughts, kind of on everything after one game, and I guess the the playoffs up to this point are. You know, Aaron Eckblad said it a couple games ago after a loss to the Capitals, and it was anything they got, we gave them. And that was once again kind of the case there in game one against the Lightning. And I, I just, watching that first period, especially at five on five, the Panthers, I thought, I thought they were taking it to the Lightning. The speed was there. Uh, they they were, looked like too much for Tampa yeah, they Bay were coming, They were coming in waves like they always do. Top, Especially the top two lines, the, the Barkov line and the Bennett line were just in full control out there, just creating so much. Vassy had to make some big saves. They got one goal at least. But when I was watching that, I was saying, okay, yeah, these are the Panthers. The Lightning can't hang with these guys. This is going to be fine. But then the Panthers just, like we said, just shot themselves in the foot. 
you know, penalties led to power play goals. Uh, you get behind, and then you're chasing the Lightning, which you, you, you can't chase the defending. Even here are the comeback cats. You don't want to chase the defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. So I think for the Panthers, it's part of the inexperience. It's part of the learning that Andrew Burnett's talked about. Because let's not forget, few teams just go from you know, making the playoffs to Stanley Cup champions. It, it is a journey. You do learn along the way. Even the Lightning had a couple exits before they learned how to become the Lightning. And, of course, the Panthers, with the talent they have, I don't think the lessons need to be as long as those were. But they got to learn just to stop, like like I said, stop giving the other team opportunities to beat you, and you'll be fine and you'll beat them. So for the Panthers, that's what gives you confidence here. It's what gave you confidence that they'd come back after falling behind one nothing in round one to the Capitals was if the Panthers just play their game, no one's beating the Panthers. It's just how much can they play their game versus giving opportunities to the opposition. Yeah, and you can't look for the highlight real plays. It's going to have to – it might have to uh, be a few goals that maybe don't win beauty contests uh, against Andre Vasilevsky. So that's going to be the kind of game the Panthers will have to play against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. You look at that first period again, that was a, a good first period the Panthers played. And I was thinking at times, and I had to, I had to check myself a little bit because I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, if it keeps looking like this – I don't know how, without Braden Point, Tampa Bay is going to be able to manufacture enough scoring chances to beat the Panthers, if this is what it's going to look like. But they were able to make a couple adjustments and get some power play chances, and Andre Vasilevsky obviously made some big saves. Tampa Bay took game one. But the good news out of all this is that you don't win a series in one game, you don't lose a series in one game. There's still a long way to go in this thing, and I think both teams are plenty prepared for the potential of a deep uh, six, seven game series or so by the time this one's all said and done. So entertaining game, but uh, the Panthers held at bay, held in check uh, in game one by Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the other thought, this is just something else because we're, we're talking this series and this show is kind of acting as a bit of a game two preview, if you will. But Billy and I talked about this on the broadcast quite a bit. Nikita Kucherov, I know for a lot of Panthers fans, public enemy number one. And a lot of guys' average points per game go down in the playoffs. But he's one of those guys in well over 100 playoffs game, playoff games in his career is over a point a game in the playoffs. And his the way he plays, I don't know that I can think of a comparable for how, the way he plays the game. You know, you think of some of the things he can do and you think, okay, maybe a guy, you know, Huberto plays the game differently than Kucherov and Artemi Panarin plays the game differently than, than Nikita Kucherov. And you go around the league and some of the, you know, electrifying players that are both scorers and playmakers like he is. But Nikita Kucherov, he'll have a stretch where you don't really notice him out yep. there. And then sometimes he'll have the puck and it just looks like he's gliding around out there. And then, bang, all of a sudden there's a scoring chance. It's just a opportunistic. It, it's a really interesting yeah. way to play. And sometimes it doesn't look like there's a method to the madness, but it's, uh, you know, credit where it's due. He had a big night. You forget, about, impressive. Him, you forget about him until he scores yep. on you. Yeah, it's it's a really it's hard to draw a comparable for uh, for the way he plays the game. It's just a, a style that we don't really see uh, where he can just kind of go dormant for a little bit like he was in the first period. And then all of a sudden he gets a scoring chance or two. So and it uh, also helps when you give him six power play. Exactly. And he's that's, got, where he, that's where he eats. That's where he shines. So uh, that's a, a way to take him a little bit more out of the game. He's those kind of players. They're always going to get their chances. I thought they held Steven Stamkos in check quite a bit. He didn't really get yeah. a whole lot of anything in game one. The Panthers did a great job against him.
him. But um, but uh, Nikita Kucherov, uh, big game performance once again for him. Credit where it's due. He played well, uh, and uh, and we'll see how things go the uh, the rest of the series. But uh, game one recap there, a comprehensive one, talking about uh, some of the the bright spots. And the Panthers had some bright spots and some things to build on. So uh, a chance to even the series up coming up tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Panthers and the Lightning game two at FLA Live Arena. So we hope to see you out there for that one. Jameson, as far as game two and the rest of the series is concerned, by the next time we record, and you know, I'm just thinking out loud here, the listeners can be uh, brought into a production meeting, if you will. The Panthers and the Lightning will play game two Thursday, game three Sunday, game four Monday, game five, if necessary, which uh, hopefully it will be necessary, will be on Wednesday at uh, FLA Live Arena. So I'm guessing, I'm thinking out loud here, Jameson, uh, Thursday show perhaps next week? Yeah, it's going to be a Thursday show. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, that means that we have four games yep. between now and the next episode of Territory Talk. I won the regular season and round one in the yeah, prediction you're, game. you're cruising right now. So you've got some serious work to do here. I do. So you won Taco Bell for round one. We said round two would Which be... there's already been... That's a, the, It's already been covered. Payment received, yeah. yeah. So now we're going on to round two where we up the stakes to a Tijuana flat style dining establishment. So bit. we're going from a place where you can fill up your own drink to a place where you have to ask for yes, them to fill up your drink. Yes, it is fine dining we are moving up to here. So I would more sauce options. More, Yeah, a lot more. They got the whole sauce bar A there. lot of them. Um, I will predict that over the next four games, the Panthers will score two power play goals at least two points. In the next four games, Barkov and Reinhardt will score power play goals. I'm getting specific. Am I allowed to do That's that? That's three points because you're going specific. Okay. We're both. We're going all in on the power we're, play. We are. We are. We're pushing all our chips into the power play. We believe. So that's where we are with this one. Uh, as far as the next four games go, we're looking for the Panthers to break out of this little power play uh, slump, if you will. Obviously, lots to monitor as far as this series goes. Storylines uh, the rest of the way. Um, you know, the Panthers, uh, as far as players, Jamison, that uh, have been out with injuries that we'll be monitoring the the progress of over the course of the series. You know, the Panthers have been out without uh, Mason Marchment for a little bit. Uh, you know, we hope to see him back, uh, of course, sooner rather than later. On the other side for Tampa Bay, Braden Point uh, was out for game one, was watching game seven. Didn't look good. You know, he's a gamer. He tried to come back in, and it just didn't look right. Uh, so I, we're going to monitor that as the series goes yeah, on. That's for a Marchman, huge dimension. For Marchman going off, what, what Andrew Burnett told us today was basically he's day-to-day, probably out game two. Just going off the tone and how he's talking about it, it really does sound like it's going to be a lingering thing for a while, and it's just going to maybe be one of those days where he wakes up and says, you know, Coach, I'm good to go today. Getting him to a point where you can you can deal with him. Where, where his value as a— yeah. A not 100% player is greater than anyone else in the lineup. And in a look, series like this, he, he could help. He'd be a big difference yeah. maker. So we saw it last year, two goals against the Lightning. He really broke out and kind of built built his entire following up season after how well he played in the playoffs last year. So Panthers really could use Mason Marchment, but of course, uh, every day, just fingers crossed. You never know. And uh, so Mason Marchment, Braden Point, those are really the, the key injuries at this point that we'll be uh, keeping an eye on as the series goes along. But that's it for this edition of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And uh, mentioned some of the storylines there. You can follow along with everything as this series progresses, floridapanthers.com, at FLA Panthers on Twitter. You can follow us. I'm Doug Plagans, at Doug Plagans. He's Jamison Olive, at Jamison Coop. Don't tweet at Jamison Olive. There is a at Jamison Olive Twitter handle, I believe. Yeah, they I, won't get back to you about the Florida Panthers, I don't think. I've been trying to get that Twitter handle for years, and I, I don't think I'm ever going to get it. Oh, I like Jameson Coop. 
It's It'd good. be hard to change now. Your brand, it's it's brand. It's like longstanding. Like Safeco, it's like Staples Center is always going to be Staples Center to me, uh, even though it's not Staples Center anymore. You're at Jamison Coop. If that changed, <laughs> I don't know what I would. I don't know what I would do. Territory Talk, as always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, check your local listings for all the television information as far as the series with the Lightning is concerned. FloridaPanthers.com will have all that for you. We will have you covered every step of the way on the Panthers radio network, 560 WQAM, and uh, across the entire network. So keep an eye out for that. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, the games are all going to be on SiriusXM, NHL Network Radio, Channel 91. If you're in the Palm Beaches, Fox Sports 640. If you're in the Florida Florida Keys, Thunder Country 100.3, the Odyssey app, so many different places that you can tune in. The NHL app makes it so good, uh, so easy to tune in. So uh, be sure to check that out. We'll have you covered lots of different ways. Continue consuming Panthers hockey in mass quantities. It is good for you. The Panthers and the Lightning, Game 2 coming up Thursday at 7 o'clock at FLA Live Arena. We hope to see you out there for that one. Lots of ways to tune in if you can't make it. Thanks very much for being on board with us. Wherever you're tuned in, however you're tuned in, whatever your preferred platform for a podcast is, we thank you very much for being on board. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.